Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. I'm a certified microdosing practitioner, menstrual cycle coach, and feminine embodiment mentor. And I'm on a mission to break taboos around women's bodies, periods, and psychedelics. On this show, we're exploring all things spirituality, sexuality, mysticism, and empowerment. Come along as I interview other coaches, teachers, healers, and thought leaders about all the ways we can feel more tuned in, turned on, and lit up AF. If you're on a journey towards self-discovery, you've come to the right place. This is The Light Within. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. I am so excited to have today's guest here on the show. Mackenzie River is a doula. She's a birth worker, and she's also the podcast host of the Mama Psychedelia podcast, which is just an amazing show. I had the pleasure of being a guest on recently, and we are talking all about psychedelics birth work, being a doula without actually being a mother to a human child, which is Mackenzie's story, and just really getting deep into the altered spaces that are birth, psychedelics, and also death. So this is a conversation I know you're going to love. If you're someone who has been thinking about trying psychedelics, but maybe you are currently um pregnant. Maybe you're breastfeeding. Maybe you know you're going to be a mother in the future. Maybe you know you won't. So this is just a great conversation with someone who is such a divine spirit. I love that while we're chatting, you can hear the birds singing from where Mackenzie lives in Costa Rica. And it was just a pleasure being able to speak with her. So please enjoy this episode with Mackenzie and join me in welcoming her to the Light Within podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Such a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I am so excited. I love your podcast and was such uh, so honored to be able to be a guest on your show. So I am so excited to have you here. The very first question I ask everyone on the show is, what ignites your light within? Mm. I love this question. I feel like it's it's very multifaceted and... Yeah, I like to think that I'm a pretty passionate person uh, and for life to feel fulfilling to me, it's like it has to be a profound experience and maybe that's a, a Leo quality or, or I don't know what it is, but when I heard this question initially, like what stokes that like fire and light within, for me, it's like, it's so many things. It's music, uh, I'm a singer and and love singing in ceremonial spaces. It's uh, dance, it's travel, it's culture, it's nature. Um, and of course, working in the realms of wombs uh, is definitely something that that lights me up. Mm, I love it. All right. So for folks who don't know you or your work, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a bit about what it is that you birth into the world and you can also share a bit about where you are in the world. Sure. Uh, so my name is Mackenzie River. And as you mentioned, I have a podcast called the Mama Psychedelia Podcast, which is very much the exploration of the psychedelic nature of childbearing, of birth itself, and the whole continuum really of the cycles that we move through as women and as beings on this planet. And the psychedelic nature being... Uh, the natural psychedelia that we have the access to experiencing on a daily basis and then also bridging into the world of plant medicines and psychedelic uh, entheogenic allies. So that has become a really big piece of, of my offering into the world and is continuously expanding. Uh, I am a birth worker and have been for the past five years and that is definitely a huge piece of uh, my journey and something that deeply fulfills me and feels like beyond a, um, a form of work, very much a, a long time calling. <laughs> um, and that also bridges into working with uh, folks along their journeys with uh, their menstrual cycles and preconception, conscious conception, um, yeah, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, beyond. Uh, and I incorporate as well um, 
Breathwork, which has been a huge ally of mine for many years as well. Uh, definitely a medicine that I work with every day. And so I facilitate breathwork journeys and not being often with pregnant people or birth workers, but yeah, very much outside of that as well. And yeah, really centered in, in womb work and womb healing arts. Um, so I have also put on retreats over the years and yeah, I'm just continuously like exploring what, what that work will, will move into over the years. There's so much within that space. Absolutely. And I think this is one of the reasons why I'm so drawn to you and to your work, because in our own ways, we're doing such, such similar things um, and also different things, but with that intention around, you know, helping craft, you know, an experience and a life journey for folks who, who want to move through cycles in a beautiful way. I love that. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about your relationship with psychedelics. Talk me through, you know, your first experiences with psychedelics and maybe even how that has changed or shifted as you have gotten older. Yeah, absolutely. It's so exciting to just be having this conversation with you because so often the tables are turned. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I love this. So yeah, psychedelics have have definitely played a role in my life in a big way, uh, pretty much since my first experience, mm -hmm. uh, which was very quickly after high school uh, for myself. And I had a beautiful mushroom journey in the woods in British Columbia on the West Coast with a couple of my best friends um, and had my first experience with mushrooms. And yeah, we were journeying to the beach and we ended up finding ourselves just in this like lagoon and ended up staying there for like five hours. <laughs> and it was truly a profound experience for me. It was so enlightening and um, really widened my perception of so much. Mm -hmm. And uh, for, for many years in my childhood, I dreamed of traveling. Like that was essentially like what got me through school. I was like, I'm just doing this and then I'm, I'm out of here. Like I started traveling as soon as I possibly could and, and saved up funds to do so with my jobs through middle school and high school. And then I essentially took off. So it was actually these psychedelic experiences that led me into my travels that were only a few weeks later. I was like, all right, guys, like I'm off for a year. Like, let's do this. So we had this beautiful mushroom ceremony um, or ceremony. You know, it was play date, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it was so emotional for me. It was so beautiful. It was so expansive. Uh, I remember coming home to my mom and being like, I want to do this with you. <laughs> uh, it was, yeah, it was really a special experience. And very shortly after that, I had my first experience with LSD. Uh, and that rocked my world. Um, I took a few uh, doses of that without really the comprehension at all of what I was getting into. And it was, it was wild, like truly, um, I can't really compare that journey to any other plant medicine or psychedelic experience that I've had, although they've all been so powerful. Mm -hmm. I was like brought back to my birth. I was like having visceral visions, but like familiar scents from like different life experiences and like it, it just like it rocked my world truly and um impa impacted me in such a big way to, to realize like wow there is like such a healing capacity to these substances that I just thought were like oh fun to like explore and you know have a have a trip yeah. and yeah that's really where it all began um so yeah, I'm, I'm happy to expand on how they've, they've rippled forward from there, if you like. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, I think that would be beautiful because I think it's interesting, like hearing, hearing about everybody's like first, first trips <laughs> and then seeing how now it's built such a beautiful relationship with these entheogens, these psychedelics, these plant medicines. So I would love to hear about how now you're communing with them. Totally. Yeah. So... Uh, from from that point forward, um, I definitely took some space to integrate these experiences. 
Uh, I also was journeying to Indonesia where mm. these things are very illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, had a whole um, exploration in that part of the world and in Asia and um, really connected with yoga in a way mm. that um, I hadn't before. I had been practicing yoga since middle school. It was really like my salvation and like mental health support in a big way. Um, but that really became my sort of psychedelic um, journey for for quite some time. I kind of went to the opposite spectrum after some months of partying in Australia and, and whatever <laughs> uh, into a very like sober sort of like rigid path of like yoga and restrictive eating and uh, yeah, sort of flipped to another extreme. Mm-hmm. And it was a couple years after that that I came to connect really deeply with this journey of, of breathwork facilitation and a teacher that I love very dearly um, named Robin, who is also on my podcast. And uh, in journeying to Baja in Mexico for this training, I was introduced to um, Temascal, which is Sweat Lodge. Uh, again, a, a naturally very... Um, psychedelic experience, although not involving medicines, it's purely working with like prayer and spirit and fire and the elements. Um, And that whole week was a massive journey, which led into my first ceremony with ayahuasca. Uh, Mm. So I was, I believe 19. Um, Yeah, still, still quite young. And that led me to working with that particular medicine um, somewhat continuously, several times a year since, um, and again opened my eyes to these other allies. And I continued to work with uh, psilocybin um, fairly frequently and really have always held a deep reverence for these medicines. But being in the space of ceremony with elders from various different cultures um, and people in my life that I had really looked up to as a young person um, to share these experiences of such like transformation, healing, uh, music, just this richness um, was so meaningful to me and has continued to be. And so I've worked in, in spaces with these medicines very much on my own journey and with psilocybin as well. I've held spaces for uh, small intimate circles of women and have have gone deep. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So how did your work with psychedelics impact your work and life now? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel in many of these ceremonies, I've gotten very clear guidance um, or almost reaffirming uh, a lot of elements of my life or, or places that I've wanted to go. Um, yeah, really like soul level work that I've wanted to explore, uh, many of, of these things. And, uh, I think they've definitely played a role in, in keeping me in Costa Rica. I found myself here in early 2020, uh, and did not anticipate making this a home. Uh, however, I've, I've, yeah, been very nomadic um, for as long as I've been able to be uh, and and always saw myself living somewhere deeply immersed in nature uh, and found myself here and really found my footing in the birth work world as well. And being able to be in these spaces where I'm doing work with women primarily and womb healing. And there's like a a deep willingness and curiosity, particularly in the area that I'm living in for going, going in and like doing the shadow work, uh, doing the, the healing of, of our ancestral lines. Um, and that looks so, so many different ways. Like this can be gathering a circle of women and, and doing, you know, vaginal steaming, yoni steaming, for example. Um, or it can be working with, with mushrooms, um, or yeah, the birth work itself, um, in essentially every, 
psychedelic experience I've ever had since being a young teenager. Uh, I have been shown visions of women birthing, of, uh, you know, pregnant bodies, of the, the ceremony that is this initiation from maiden to mother. And not even necessarily uh, always in the physical act of birthing, but just the uh, the bridge that exists in all of us, in the archetypes that, that go from maiden, mother into crone and how they all simultaneously exist within us. And we have, we have the ability to access all of them. I have this um, triskel tattoo on me, which to me represents that triple goddess, the maiden mother crone. So as much of it has been conscious um, in, in choosing this path of birth work and, and working with wombs, like a lot of it has been guided through these experiences. And some of it has just been like a deep, like knowing that has always been there since I was very young. Uh, but absolutely, yeah, these, these medicines have supported um, me in, in arriving at, at this current threshold in life and, and feel they will continue to to play a big role. I love that. I also have like a, a maiden mother crone tattoo as well. My, my triple moon goddess. I love it. Um, so let's talk a bit more about what it is that you do. So as a doula, and I love that you also, when we were prepping for this interview mentioned, you know, that you have not birthed human children in this lifetime. And so I am fascinated by this because I also don't have children, but I'm very drawn to womb work, very drawn to, you know, um, last year was a very like monumental year for me as I like stepped very fully into my mother archetype at 36 years old. So I'd love to hear more about, you know, what it is to be a doula for one, but also like a psychedelic doula. That's kind of how I see you. Like someone who's very in a, like, yes, bridging these bridges. I love that. And what it means to work in this space without having become a mom yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've always had a, a deep fascination uh, with pregnancy and, and bringing human life onto this planet since I was so young. Uh, I grew up in a household where my, my mother had a, a daycare from the time that I was five. So I was surrounded by like infants, toddlers uh, from a very young age. And that led into me working with babies like from 12 years of age up, essentially. I was quite literally nannying like five children at a time when I was 12 years old. And in high school, I had this like vivid memory of a science teacher showing us this video of this woman birthing. And it was almost like a, a bit of a threat. Like it was in a sex ed type class. And it was like, all right, I, you know, I hope this serves as like birth control. Like, yes. you know, <laughs> just this like horrifying video. The horrifying one, right? Yeah, of course. And yet even through that of like the like, ah, like shrieking of this woman, I was like, holy shit, this is like profound, you know? And I remember almost like sneakily like doing like research into like midwifery. It felt like very like witchy. Like I was just like, is this allowed? Like, you know, I was in like the ninth grade or something. And remember like going really deep uh, into like research around this and like what it means to be a midwife and, and, uh, be in the space of birth and had no idea at that point what a doula was and then sort of just put it on the back burner and, and continued to be a teenager and, uh, yeah, started on this journey of travel. And it was actually, uh, being with my aunt, um, during the process of her death when, uh, I was 19 that led me into stepping into this work in a real way. Um, I felt like at that point it was still such a passion of mine, but I didn't necessarily see it being like the work that I'm going to do in my life. Like it was just like a deep curiosity. Mm -hmm. And when I flew back from Vietnam to be with my aunt, um, she really only had a few days, uh, left. Um, she had a really, um, strong uh, type of cancer that progressed really rapidly and mm -hmm. being able to 
be there with her, witness her in that experience and sort of usher her um, out of this realm and into the next Mm -hmm. was one of the most beautiful, heartbreaking, powerful ceremonies that I've ever been in. And it was really myself and um, another family member and friend that was present. And I just, I held like crystals over her heart and I sang to her and I, you know, felt this deep level of like telepathic communication and, and then to feel like her spirit quite literally lift Mm -hmm. up from her body and transition. It was like such a palpable feeling in the air. And I, for whatever reason, even in that moment was making this connection to birth and Mm -hmm. how like, you know, it's like our first breath and our last breath and these moments that have the capacity to be so beautiful and harmonious and peaceful mm-hmm. uh, and maybe not always peaceful, but powerful um, led me into this like deep intrigue to go back into the realms of birth and like, mm-hmm. what is there for me? Um, and feeling really honored to be in that space with my aunt. And it was a few months after that I was traveling in Colombia and I, I don't even remember exactly how, but this doula training like popped into my field and I was just like, Oh my God, this is it. Like, this is, this is it. It's weaving so many pieces together for me. And, um, so to speak a little bit more on like what a doula is, uh, there's a lot that can be encompassed in, in this work. And so, for example, in, in training as a doula, we're learning, you know, things on the physiology of birth. We're learning nutrition, homeopathy, herbalism, yoga, um, family, like constellation and like counseling or like how to relate to like the dynamic that we're entering, you know, that is so intimate with these families and um, space holding and uh, birth within the hospital, birth outside of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of the political charge, you know, at this point in time around birth um, pretty much across the globe. And there was so much there for me. And I, I gained so much from that, that training that was at this beautiful holistic college mm-hmm. uh, in Victoria, British Columbia in Canada, that was like, you know, I was like, all right, I'll go to college, uh, you know, and it was like this space where acupuncturists are training, holistic nutritionists, herbalists. So like I could go and get free acupuncture and, and like a, a Nervine like tincture before my exams. <laughs> like, and, and yeah, and hang out basically in a, a women's circle all day long with 15 like beautiful uh, like soul sisters. And yeah, it was an incredible opportunity. And I gained so much from that. And in stepping outside of that container, I was like, so what is it to be a doula? It's like to bring my essence into this space. Like someone that's hiring me as a doula is um, hiring me because our, our souls are like almost in this like sacred contract together. Like it's, it's very clear to me when I interview someone, if, if, or if they interview me, you know, um, if we're like an energetic match or not. And I really have no desire to attend someone's birth if I'm not the person that's meant to be there. Like it's Mm -hmm. such a sacred process. And, uh, yeah, over the years since then, I've also bridged into like the study of traditional midwifery and that being one that's outside of a regulatory body, um, through a college, but more so gaining knowledge from elder teachers. And, uh, you know, I, I see myself stepping more into that role over the years and holding birth in, in these different ways. And for some people, they see doulas being more um, of that, like, emotional, spiritual um, support that is also, like, really tending to the physical comforts of the laboring uh person and their partner as well. Like I'm very much a doula for that partner to shine. Um, so they can be in their most like connected, uh, harmonious state during the process. Um, and midwives have a much deeper, um, knowledge basis of, of these babies and 
physiologically what is happening and if everyone is is safe. And uh, so we're coming at, at birth from different lenses, although there's a lot of like overlap there as well. Um, so anyways, I could go on about birth for, for days, but if you have any more specific questions around that, let me know. Well, I think it's just so fascinating. A couple of things. One, that you really were just pulled back into this interest that you'd had as a younger person through the passing of your aunt, because I think that that's something I've heard so many times from people like witnessing and holding space for passing into the next life. And they also are so drawn to bringing in life to this plane. Like, I think that's so fascinating to hear your story on that. Um, because I've interviewed death doulas before and it's, you know, a, a similar idea where you're holding this space while they try you know, traverse this like very monumental time. Um, but clearly different because one's dealing with the end of a life and the other is dealing with the beginning. So I thought that was really fascinating. So thank you for sharing about that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I guess there's one other piece that I, I don't know if I fully touched on is, is what you mentioned of not being a mother myself and how that relates to this work. And, you know, it's interesting because uh, I think in some ways it, it serves me very well to be in this work and to not be tending to my own like babies and young children at home. Mm -hmm. um, it gives me uh, an ability to be like fully present um, and absolutely these epic mamas that are in this field are showing up so fully, you know, yeah. um, however, it's different. Like they have, they have their babies at home. Like that's a, a huge responsibility. Um, and there is like this element of, of, uh, wisdom that these women are carrying from their own birth experiences. And there can also be, uh, at times like they're, their own stories or experiences from their own birth experiences that might be playing a factor in, in how they are showing up in that space. Um, and, and I think for all of us as birth workers, like excavating our own like wounds or fears that might consciously or subconsciously be existing around a birth or a previous birth that we've experienced and bringing in a, a, a projection um, perhaps into someone's birth space is like a big piece to work on and something that one of my elder teachers uh, really speaks to a lot. She calls it woundology. It's like examining mm. what we're bringing into this space. So anyways, in saying that, like I, I have not given birth myself uh, and in ways that that gives me um, an, a, a, an ability to show up in a different, in a different way and yet having experienced many birth experiences, being able to be really attuned to the, the frequency that is birth and that, um, that feeling in the air, as I mentioned with being in that, that death portal with my aunt, it's like the air is like so uniquely its own when you enter the space of a birth, like it's powerful. Um, and it really is a ceremony. I see it in that way. Uh, so there's certain families that really, yeah, have a, a desire to work with me because I don't have children, some that, that want someone that has had children of their own. But ultimately, I think it's, it's an energetic piece and it yeah. often doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. I also think that it's so fascinating, too, that when you're explaining, you know, seeing that terrifying video that like we all got shown and then you see like somewhat secretly going in and looking up, you know, midwifery and your, your mention of the witch, right? Like as someone who is a witch, I just find it so fascinating that that came up for you too. And I don't really know if that's something that you identify as well, but you know, we know from history that midwives and, th and wise women were, were termed which is whether or not they were or not so that they could be, you know, burned and killed. And, you know, this deep wisdom could be erased by what was going on and, you know, the witch trials and the, the burning times and, and all of that. And so I just love that when I speak with people like yourself, like you are awakening this deep remembering. And you, mm -hmm. I think you even mentioned that too, like your, 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 your ancestral line, I'm sure has done this, your cells, your ancient DNA, like has done this possibly in many, many lives. And I just love seeing folks who are 
remembering that parts of either of themselves or just the collective. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a big one. Um, definitely within this work, I think, uh, doulas and midwives were absolutely, uh, many of the witches that were being burned as are the herbalists and, and all of the things that I identified so deeply with in this lifetime. And so it does really feel like a reclamation, uh, and a remembering in many ways. Uh, but I, you know, it's, it's even edgy to speak about because it's so real that like traditional midwifery, um, practices, it's, it feels like the modern day witch hunt, you know, is women that are practicing midwifery outside of these systems that, um, have bridged very much into a medical realm. Like a lot of modern day midwifery uh, colleges are very medicalized. They're very like rigid in their practices. And um, there's a lot of like liability filtering and, um, and so honor the people in that work. Like midwives need to work within the hospital system as well, because the reality is many people are birthing within that system. Yeah. And for some, like that truly feels like the safest option. And for others, they feel it's their only option. Yeah. Uh, but those that are practicing midwifery outside of the system that are receiving like massive education from elders that have been practicing midwifery for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years and have mm-hmm. attended hundreds, if not thousands of births are then told that they don't have the skills to show up in a birth space. Like, and so yeah, it's, it's edgy. You know, there's yeah. still many states in the, in the United States, I'm Canadian, but um, where you can be arrested for yeah. showing up as a, as a midwife, which midwife has always been um, a term in which is women being with women in birth and that carry the wisdom. Uh, and I'm not saying that everyone should just go calling themselves a midwife and show up to someone's birth, like not at all. Right. I'm speaking to that sense of like that is the modern day witch hunt <laughs> yeah um, that is the most like visceral in in my life experience anyways yeah no I think it's so true and I think you know speaking about like the edgy things in your own work right I mean the edginess of psychedelic work because that is still othered and very much ostracized in most of the world um and I have my own beliefs about why that is, but it's like, and then also this very modern day witch hunt around something that is sacred and natural and ours, right? Like it's deeply ours, even though some of us don't even know we can reclaim that and that we can step into that. Um, and so that's just beautiful. Have you ever worked with anyone who is either pregnant or actively birthing who's also um, consuming psychedelics or, or using psychedelics in a way to help them commune with either maybe the spirit of their child before they've come into this plane. Like it's such a fascinating concept for me to, t- to hear people talk about this. So I'd love to get your experience on that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, a deep uh, desire for me in starting the Mama Psychedelia podcast was uh, in attending ceremonies in, in Mexico and other regions of Central South America where there were like pregnant women sitting in ayahuasca ceremony or working with mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of which who came from lineages that uh, were all working with, with mushrooms, for example. Um, I have a few episodes on my podcast of, of women speaking to their experiences in the mountains of Oaxaca, Mexico, mm-hmm. where it's almost like bizarre to even af- like have be asked that question of like, yeah. Oh, you're working with mushrooms during your pregnancy. It's like, of course, like yeah. this is just supporting my baby's brain development. I'm clearing out, you know, whatever's not serving me to pass on to this child. Uh, and so it was more so being in these ceremonial spaces. And I was like, wow, there is like so much here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is so in the taboo. And so it's yeah. like destigmatizing through storytelling is a big part of, of my show is like, Uh, these lived experiences are truth. (laughs) And like, you know, that's, that's it, really. And uh, yeah, in my personal work, I wouldn't say that an abundance of of the clients that I'm serving are necessarily working with these medicines. But I feel more and more, there's like a curiosity around it. 
and several that have um, perhaps had an experience with one of these medicines once during their pregnancy, twice during their pregnancy. Um, and that's very much in like entering a ceremonial space and like conversating with this this elder, like a, a Shipibo, um, you know, Peruvian shaman, for example, uh, that in his line may totally feel that that's suitable and another may not like that may not be something that they practice and therefore that might be a deciding factor for that that mama's experience uh, i've definitely worked with plenty of uh families that have had really powerful experiences with psychedelics in needing their children before conceiving or even during their conception process uh calling that that soul in uh in a psychedelic experience um, many of which that have had dreams of of their children years before meeting them or a mm. connection with a spirit like yeah like I said years before um, I can say that for myself like I I feel this deep connection with this spirit baby uh, girl that has been present with me since yeah I was like 18 or 19 years old that it's like I have like a relationship with her in that realm um, and I would say as well like Microdosing, uh, psilocybin is a big one, um, and a big one in the postpartum period, mm -hmm. and something that, without hesitation, like I, I feel strongly about um, sharing with folks, especially if if there's already a curiosity around it. Um, taking, you know, point one, point two uh, of a gram of uh, psilocybin, usually like accompanied with another form of medicinal mushroom like lion's mane or reishi or whatever it might be, or ashwagandha, which is amazing for the nervous system in a capsule form in the postpartum period can literally change someone's entire relationship with parenting. Mm -hmm. uh, like, and I have like shivers in saying that because how uh, often do we hear, Oh, she's like suffering with postpartum. Yeah. First mm -hmm. of all, postpartum is any time after birth. <laughs> like it's the fourth trimester window of the yeah. postpartum nest, but postpartum literally translates to after birth. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have this association, many people within our society that postpartum means postpartum depression, right? Absolutely, <laughs> Which not. Um, and yet, that it's it's just almost like uh, not expected, but just how many uh, women are are navigating postpartum depression and how something like psilocybin in these minute amounts can really like alter their perception, their ability to be in deep presence with this being and to acknowledge that like, this is a season of life yeah. where like the only thing that is ex expected of you and, and uh, yeah, really your entire universe for this window of time is, is falling in love with this being. Mm -hmm. um, and yet like, all the expectations that we put on ourselves of like getting back to our life before and, yeah. and all of it. And I feel it's a deep opportunity to, to do some healing, like if not during the pregnancy in that early postpartum, that is acknowledging this, this death that's occurring of the maiden that once was mm -hmm. and stepping fully into the mother and acknowledging that that maiden can like come in and play and like yeah. be her throughout your life, but that yeah. that version that was not something that you're returning to. Yeah. Well, I love that you talked about this too, because it's something that I also feel so strongly about the potential benefits of microdosing psilocybin um, postpartum. I also loved listening to Michaela De La Maico on your podcast. She's a mentor of mine. So her story, I just loved when she was speaking about um, sitting with mushrooms, you know, when she was Far, farther along in her, her pregnancy. Um, and I really think, you know, folks who, um, I've met along the way, I, I had someone who was on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, who is a, um, I believe a therapist and, and she's also a microdosing practitioner and works a lot with postpartum moms with, with helping them navigate that part. And so I think that's beautiful. I also loved how you mentioned, you know, clearing parts away. I think you said something about, you know, communing with psilocybin or ayahuasca while pregnant 
cleaning out the parts of themselves they didn't want to bring into the relationship. Like the ancestral healing that all of us can be doing if we so choose to help us live our best lives. But in this regard, such a fantastic way also to help nurture that new life and usher them into a space where they're not going to have the shit in their, their line that we do as the, as the line, as, as the, the breakers of the, of the chains and all of the things. So I'd love to kind of shift into talking about that because you're someone who speaks a lot about ancestral healing, especially before motherhood. And how do you see psilocybin or other entheogens helping with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel really passionate about doing this work in the preconception time and also acknowledging that throughout pregnancy, there's going to be so much surfacing, like so much subconscious um, material <laughs> to be with. Uh, and mm, there's so much that I can say on this. I feel it's been a deep passion of mine, like, you know, on the side, alongside all of this work is, is to dive into like psychology and the, um, the realness that is early childhood development, how that impacts the rest of our lives, you know, our own inner child, Mm -hmm. um, and how they relate to the world and, um, intergenerational trauma, uh, ancestral healing like it feels it feels so important uh to me and I feel like we have a really beautiful opportunity to do this healing work in relationship with these medicines Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is very organic like we don't necessarily have to go in um to a medicine ceremony and be like I want to clear out this you know thing particularly (laughs) Uh, as many people say, like with ayahuasca, and I believe it's very much the same across the board with um, peyote or San Pedro or, you know, psilocybin, um, that these medicines like give us what we need, not always what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I feel that there's organically this spaciousness in working with these medicines. Mm-hmm that brings these things to the surface that may have been tucked away in our subconscious closet. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, that, that feels like a big piece for me. Uh, And I would say that equally as important to the actual work with the psychedelic medicine is the integration after the fact, because the real ceremony is life itself. And it's great to be shown all of these things, but if we can't, uh, fully incorporate them into our lives, then a lot of these cycles are going to continue to perpetuate. Um, you know, I can say things like uh, forgiveness work has been uh, really major in um, in psychedelic uh, experiences of mine, equally uh, breathwork journeys, which I, I say, you know, for anyone that is curious to explore this this expansiveness that may come from a psychedelic medicine that does not feel like that is their uh route to go down um now or ever potentially like breath work is such a powerful ally mm-hmm. and can really bring you into these states of subconscious processing in a way that is deeply integrative at the same time where you're able to clear um experiences stories uh sensations in the body um, out of the system while actively integrating it. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's really gentle on the nervous system, this, the style of breath work that I particularly practice called breath wave. Um, but like forgiveness work has come through in such a deep way, uh, with that modality along with, um, ceremony work and has totally altered many of my relationships, uh, within my like family systems and, um, and whatever. So I feel that uh, having the space to do that type of thing in preconception um, is like so, it's so profound Mm -hmm. to to do that before bringing children in and the acknowledgement that the work is never done. Like we're never fully healed. We're never like enlightened beings, you know, entirely we're human and, and things will continue to come up. And I think some of the deepest like inner child work and shadow work comes up when people do have the children 
whether they're doing the work prior to or not, there's a whole other layer that comes through. But having those tools um, beforehand uh, will totally impact, you yeah. know, the way that these beings are, are brought up. Um, and so that feels very important to me as well, mm. for sure. I love it. Well, anything else that you would like to share that we haven't really touched on? Mm. Well, I mean, we've definitely emphasized the, the psychedelics, um, pretty greatly and, and they absolutely deserve that. And also I'd like to acknowledge that I feel, you know, there's seasons of life where these medicines may, um, feel more, more relevant to commune with or more supportive than other seasons of life. And so, um, you know, for myself, it's not like I'm just like doing psychedelics all day long every day. Um, but it's this, this thread and this ally that I feel like I can um, tap into uh, when it feels resonant and when these medicines are calling me or I'm calling them. Um, and also just energetically, like being able to tap into the teachings that have come through in previous experiences and not always necessarily needing to go into like a deep full dive journey um, or taking space from these medicines for maybe months on end and, and working with something like breathwork um, to actively integrate. Um, yeah. Emphasizing the integration for sure. <laughs> and yeah, I guess one piece that I, I would like to speak on, um, with connecting this realm of, of birth work and, and pregnancy and wombs, um, with psychedelics is that, uh, pregnancy and birth very much is an altered state of consciousness. And, uh, and so are psychedelics, you know? And so the process of birth and of pregnancy, like we're traversing these brainwave states, moving from our like day-to-day -day beta into alpha, which is very much pregnancy, um, which is like more of a, a natural, like it's almost like being on a microdose all the time <laughs> in a sense of like, wow, these flowers are brighter and like, this smells so good. Like our relationship with foods and, and the process of, of pregnancy and how we are viewing the world is like our perception is different. Mm. And then being in the birth space, uh, when a, a woman is in active labor, like she's very much entering a theta state and then traversing into Delta. And so there is a lot of subconscious processing that is going on in a birth space and then coming into that delta state where she's literally bringing her her baby through and like this bridge between realms mm -hmm. um that is like the peak of a psychedelic experience where we are entering delta and we can enter delta in a deep meditation um but it's that oneness like expansive connectedness like cosmic connection um that very there's such a strong parallel there mm -hmm. there uh, mm -hmm. between the two and so I like to speak to that and that um, really is is my transmission of the teachings of of Wapio um, my teacher who I'm happy to to share her um, yeah her wisdom and and school which is the Matrona mm -hmm. um, but yeah that that is rung true uh, on a deep level in my work and and what I've witnessed. And so I like mm. to share that piece. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. How can people work with you or connect with you? Yeah. So I'm in the process right now of totally revamping my website, uh, which is honeywomb.com. Uh, and love I'll it. link that in the, the show notes. Uh, and I'm in the process right now of creating a preconception journey mm. uh, to work with couples and, you know, single people as well um, in that window of uh, preparation for the journey into pregnancy. And that's going to incorporate a lot of different pieces, a lot of like inner child healing that'll incorporate mm. breath work and, and nutrition and herbalism and, and different um, modalities to essentially bring you into a state of like your highest vitality 
to enter conception in a way that that feels the most like aligned and supportive for this being that's coming through. Um, and you know, there might be some some psychedelic exploration in, encompassed in that as well. We'll see. Uh, at the moment, uh, working with me as a birth keeper, I am attending births in Costa Rica uh, several months out of the year, as well as Canada. Uh, for a few months out of the year on the West Coast, on Salt Spring Island or Vancouver Island, the surrounding area, uh, as well as always down to travel for birth. <laughs> I travel um, fairly frequently. And yeah, I'm in the process right now of, of conceiving uh, plenty of, of new offerings. I do breathwork journeys online and in person quite frequently. And uh, yeah, different womb centered practices that I share. So the website will be out soon. You can find me at Mama Psychedelia on Instagram or Honey Womb Doula. And yeah, that's a great starting point for sure. Perfect. Well, I'll put all of those links in the show notes below. Mackenzie, thank you so much for coming on and speaking with us. This was beautiful. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. Mm, I hope you loved that episode so much. I really enjoyed having this conversation with Mackenzie. And I'll put all of her links in the show notes below. You can also find me on Instagram at Leslie Draffin and at the Light Within Podcast. I have a brand new free offer for anyone out there who is interested in learning to microdose. It is called Activate Your Inner Magic. It is an ebook, a guided meditation, and an infographic all about my microdosing and the menstrual cycle. This is perfect for anyone who's been listening to the show or following me on social media and you want a little bit of, you know, extra knowledge around how to start your own microdosing practice. So sign up for that through the link in the show notes. You can also reach out to me on Instagram and I will send you a link there as well. Thank you guys so much for spending some time with me today. Please remember to rate this episode and share it with those you love. Have yourself a beautiful week, and remember, there is no light without darkness, but there is no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.